Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of the Blatant Homerism podcast, part of Crimson Cream Machine on the SB Nation Network of podcasts. Uh, we are back for another season. It is Picks Trying Not to Suck, the weekly handicapping podcast I do with my brother, the Skinny, uh, as we do every year. It's a weekly pick best of five uh, where we pick five and we try to just tally it up at the uh, end of the season, five point games against the spread. Um, let's go ahead. Welcome him on. Skinny, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Good to, good to be back. Good to have, uh, you know, a, a uh, hopefully normal uh, college football season ahead of us. Yeah, well, it sounds like things are a little bit, uh, you know, kind of getting back to normal, but it was a pretty eventful offseason for uh, Oklahoma, aside from uh, quite a few guys uh, leading the team. Um, the uh, Sooners also, it was announced uh, that uh, they, along with Texas, will be heading to the SEC in a uh, major kind of conference shakeup a move that uh, has clearly kind of shaken up all of college football. Um, You've seen other uh, conferences trying to maybe respond in kind, you know, I know it's a couple, uh, you know, a couple months out now or maybe weeks, but how, I don't know, just, I haven't, I haven't, we haven't had a chance to uh, share our thoughts with the audience here. How do you feel about it? You know, I mean, I guess obviously you're kind of over the shock part by now. Right. But you know, it's hard. It was hard to, um, you know, you have to kind of go back and put yourself into that where you were that Wednesday or whatever day of the week it was when all that broke. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, it's going to be weird. I was trying to explain to some people like, you know, you may not love the Big 12 schedule, but it's, it's you know, what we've known our entire lives. Right. And it'd be like, you know, if the, the Chicago Bears left, left the NFC Central right to go to the NFC West or something. Right. It it just doesn't quite feel right. Uh but, you know, same time, I think in, in the long run, from a fan's perspective, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, it, it's good to see OU being proactive, I guess. And, and you know, it, it, they, they did what they needed to do um, to remain competitive and, and put them in, you know, the best position as a, as a program going forward. Yeah, I just, you know, I think that what the OU administration clearly saw was just how hard it would be to continue to field a really competitive winning program over time in the big 12. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of it that I, I just don't like, uh, you know, especially because it's basically just kind of conceding, like, you know, ESPN runs everything. This is going to be kind of like a mini NFL and college football going forward. Um, but I think that, you know, they also realize that if they want to keep the program competitive in the future, especially the idea of say, like, let's say Texas had decided to take Texas tech or if OU had turned down the sec and then you, you know, you've got OU in the big 12, Texas, Texas A&M, Texas tech and the sec stuff like that. I mean, it would have been, it would have been trouble for OU, I think. So I, I can understand it, but it's just not a, not a good sign. I think for the sport going forward. Yeah. I mean, they played the game, right? You may not like the game or, or where the direction the game's headed, but they played the game. Right, right. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead, though, and uh, people are here to hear our picks, I think, at least. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and get into it? Uh, just to uh, remind everybody how we do this, it's our best of five. Uh, we each give five picks against the spread every week. Neither of us know who the other is picking. Uh, so we're just going to go down the line here. And then uh, at the end, we'll talk a little bit about uh, what we see happening with OU and Tulane this week. But I'll go ahead and kick it off uh, first with my favorite pick of the week, actually. Uh, game one, I'm going with the 
Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Uh, they're traveling to Illinois, getting six points. Everybody uh, got a chance to uh, – I'm sure that that was maybe the highest-rated Illinois game in a long time last weekend. They're upset over Nebraska. Um, you know, we talk a lot – I think there's a lot of speculation about, you know, with the Week Zero games, is it better to play and get, you know, kind of get some kinks out? Or is it, you know, it, does it uh, favor the teams that don't play because they might have some film on you? I think in this case, it actually favors UTSA. Uh, they got to see what, uh, you know, what Illinois looks like with, uh, you know, Brett Bielema now at the helm. You got to think that Illinois fired kind of all their bullets because that was an important game for uh, Bielema and the Illini to get started there with Nebraska. Uh, we also know that, you know, Illinois' quarterback is uh, out. They've gone, had to go to uh, Art Sitkowski as the uh, now as the starter he finished off the game last week um and i think anybody who's seen more of sitkowski based on what he did at Rutgers knows that uh, he's pretty limited in what they can do and you know san antonio is a really experienced team you know you're gonna it's gonna be gonna be a theme i'm sure this year with all the uh quote-unquote super seniors back but i mean they've got you know 21 starters back from last year's team that was pretty solid i think they're going to be a uh, kind of a, a, an up-and-coming team to watch in uh you know kind of in the g5 level so i am going to take the six points with utsa and uh maybe you know if you're so inclined maybe throw a little something on the money line there Ooh, okay all right i can see that i can see illinois taking a step back this week right uh, stumbling right. a bit yeah. Yeah. A lot of emotion last week. So, um, all right, skinny pick one. All right. Looking at Western Michigan going to the big house in Ann Arbor, uh, Western Michigan's getting 17 points. Um, you know, I know, uh, Western Michigan, uh, they lost quite a bit off the defense from last year, but that defense was terrible. Um, and then you look on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, they, they can put up some points, finished second in the Mac last year, which, uh, you know, obviously I, I, you know, what was that, like a, a six-game season or something? But but still, second in the MAC. Um, you know, and again, 17 points against Michigan. And, and I just have to wonder generally about Michigan this year, you know, after, you know, I, I guess a, being kind, I guess, a very disappointing run for uh, Harbaugh thus far, what happened last year. Um, you just kind of have to wonder where they're at. I'll take Western Michigan in the 17. Yeah, I looked up very hard at that one myself. Um, I am kind of fading Michigan this year, so I'm I'm with you there. But uh, I'm not gonna. That's not one of mine. I'll go ahead to uh, my second pick. And uh, everybody, everybody loves Ole Miss this year. It seems like Lane Kiffin. Uh, you know, I mean, they're gonna put up a lot of points. They got a really talented quarterback in Matt. Uh, I believe you pronounce it Corral. But uh, it's Labor Day night. They've got Louisville. And uh, right now, Louisville, the number is actually all the way up to 10. Louisville getting 10 points. Um, I feel like Elijah Moore is a pretty big loss, though, for that uh, Ole Miss offense. And defensively, they're terrible. I know Scott Satterfield, you know, did a lot to, uh, you know, kind of uh, piss off the Louisville faithful in the offseason. But uh, I still feel like he's a pretty good coach. I it, Double digits here. I'll go ahead and take the 10 with the Cardinals. All right. Um, sorry, I had to get back to my picks here. Um, okay, second pick. I'm looking at uh, North Carolina going into Blacksburg this weekend. You know, you know, I know everyone's high on, and with good reason. You know, uh, high on what North Carolina is doing this year with Mac Brown. Um, you know, 
and then kind of on the other side of that boy um uh where fuente is right now look like he could be in, in some serious trouble this year i still think the guy's a decent coach um looking at this one going you know going into blacksburg it's a night game friday night that's a tough place to play i'm gonna take uh virginia tech getting the five and a half at home yeah, that's another one I looked at. I would have gone that way too. I feel like North Carolina. I think maybe the but there people are a little bit, a uh, little bit too bullish on them right yeah, now. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, that's kind of where I am too. Good quarterback, but I mean they lost a lot uh, around Howell there. So, um, all right. So Skinny's second pick there is Virginia Tech plus five and a half. All right, my third, um, Big Ten country. You know, it's a you know. You know, props to the Big Ten for all these uh, early matchups, uh, conference games. Uh, I've got – I'm looking here, though. Um, we've got Indiana and Iowa. Indiana is one of those teams that's kind of a darling around uh, around the nation. They've got a really popular head coach in uh, Tom Allen. Had a good year last year. Uh, but they are going to Iowa City. And, I mean, you know, it's kind of the kind of thing where if you look back, I mean, Indiana – really needed a lot of breaks kind of last year. You look, for example, just that first game against uh, Penn State. I'm kind of – I'm fading uh, the Hoosiers this year. Iowa is about as solid as you get. You know, i I never a big fan of betting Iowa when they're a favorite. But in this case, uh, I'm going to go ahead and lay the three and a half here with the Hawkeyes. Uh, mainly, this is all, almost a bet against Indiana. Yeah, that's interesting. I looked at that one hard for the exact same reason. But All it is right. not one of my yeah. picks, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, okay. I'll, What's your third? All right. I'll keep it in um, Big Ten country. Uh, nice little matchup this weekend. Penn State going into Wisconsin. Um, you know, I, I, I think Mertz. You know, I, I think Mertz is a good player. I think he will have a good year. I think he'll make some progress there. Um, you know, obviously Penn State coming off of a, a, a tough season last year, but. You know, I don't know how, you know, it's hard to put too much stock into that Big Ten 2020 season. Um, you know, Penn State, I, I do think will be better. But in this case, you're getting the Badgers in Madison start the season. I'll take Wisconsin minus five and a half. Yeah, that one is a, a no play for me. I will, I think I would have been going the other way, honestly. Um, but, you know, I hard hard to say. I, I'm, I'm going to pass. I want to see what uh, – Penn State looks like in, in the opening week. So, all right. So that is Wisconsin minus five and a half. All right. Uh, my next one out West LSU travels to UCLA. Um, this is one that I, you know, I've been looking at pretty much all, uh, all off season, just because uh, the amount of players that, uh, you know, UCLA is bringing back. And then also, so much just didn't go right for LSU last year. And you know, they really haven't had a great uh, preseason with quarterback Miles Brennan breaking his arm in a fishing accident, uh, bringing on, uh, you know, what's his name, Max Johnson, uh, to take over. Then, you know, you've had uh, this uh, past week, they had to get on a bus and go 11 hours to uh, from Baton Rouge to Houston to get ready for this. Now they're flying out west. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier about, whether or not the week zero game hurts or helps. I think in UCLA's case, it actually is a, a plus just because they got a chance to uh, get out there. And I mean, they worked over a really bad Hawaii team. So even though there's not a lot to take away from seeing them beat up on Hawaii, at least they got out, they got the, some of the kinks worked out. 
Um, and you know, for LSU to have to then open on the road with everything else going on, I like the I like the Bruins here in a very mild upset. Uh, Ooh, I'll take the okay. Bruins plus three. Yeah, well, but how many fans will be in the stands for this one? I don't know if Good. you saw last that, week. Yeah, yeah, that picture. I mean, God, I mean, I get, I get it. Look, man, it's hot. I understand, but I mean, gosh, they might have had. It, it looked like they had a couple hundred people there. Yeah. And, well, and you think normally, okay, LSU is going to bring a ton of people, but with everything that's going on there, you know, how many people end up making that trip? Uh, yeah. A good point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. What's the fourth game for you? <laughs> the next is the one everyone's been waiting for here this week. Uh, I've got uh, Akron going to Auburn. Uh, let me check my line exactly. I think I had 36 and a half. Um, you know, obviously uh, Akron's been really bad under Tom Arth. Uh, I think, what, 1 in 17? Um, at the same time, you know, I, I think it's a pretty big number. Um, obviously, 36 and a half. You look at, uh, you know, I know Harson had some, some COVID issues with you know, was it two weeks ago or something? You have to wonder what, you know, how many other guys missed time or what, you know, what, what have you, uh, you know, during that stretch. Right. And, and then, you know, I, I just, you know, the, uh, what Auburn lost, uh, and I'm blanking on the guy, uh, on the D line, uh, Oh, big cat, big cat loss or big yeah. cat Lawson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, maybe I'm not as high on Auburn as some people, but it seems like a decent number. I know Akron's really bad, but 36 and a half is a big number. I'm going out on limit. I'm going to take Akron, getting the points. Okay, Akron plus 36 and a half. Uh, yeah, Akron is just a, a horrible, horrible team. But, uh, yeah, a lot of noise around Auburn for the past couple of weeks, so I understand there. All right, my uh, last pick this week. I'm going with the uh, game that is got, getting all the attention right now, uh, Georgia. At uh, pardon me, I guess they're playing in Charlotte, Georgia, and Clemson. Um, great matchup, good game to start the uh, start the season. I kind of feel like, to a small small degree, Clemson is backsliding just a little bit. Um, and you know, you, at this point, you're also looking at uh, uh, you know kind of a, a quarterback transition there. It feels like some programs have kind of picked up a little bit on Brent Venable's defenses. They're not giving him as much opportunity to uh, maybe swipe the signals that are coming in from the <laughs> sideline. Um, and so, you know, I, between that, um, I you know, I like the uh, matchup in the trenches. So, insofar as uh, I feel like there's a bigger advantage for Georgia's defensive line against Clemson's um, offensive line than there is for Clemson's defensive line against Georgia's. I'm a little concerned, of course, about what's going on at receiver for Georgia, but uh, that roster just top to bottom. I mean, Kirby Smart has stacked up a ton of talent. I think they've got something like 25-star players on the roster right now. I mean, there's just so much top to bottom there. I feel like it's finally kind of time for Georgia to get it done here. I'm going to go ahead and take uh, take the Bulldogs outright over Clemson, start uh, the Tigers off 0-1 on the year. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, this is my final game as well. I don't have a lot of conviction here, but kind of felt like I had to play this, right? Um, the, game of, the game of the non-conference slate, for sure. Um, and kind of similar to what you're saying, you know, obviously Lawrence is gone. Um Tuyangale, at least, you know, I guess he got some big game experience last year, which which will help him. But, you know, I'm kind of with you here. Neutral site, you know, and, and I, to me it just comes back to exactly what you're saying. Georgia's roster stacked. 
in particularly that defensive front, I think could give Clemson a lot of trouble. You know, what holds me back is just obviously Clemson and and Kirby, or sorry, excuse me, Georgia and and Kirby Smart kind of in the big game thing. Um, But, you know, I guess eventually they'll have to get get over that at some point. I mean, Clemson did, right? So um, I'm going to go ahead and take Georgia getting three. All right, so we're both on the Bulldogs there. So two, let's see here, two. um, uh, Summarize here, let's see here. My five, I've got UTSA plus six, Louisville plus 10, Iowa minus three and a half, UCLA plus three, Georgia plus three. Uh, Skinny is going with Western Michigan plus 17, uh, Virginia Tech plus five and a half. He's got Wisconsin, the uh, Badgers minus five and a half. Ugly, ugly dog Akron plus 36 and a half and Georgia plus three. So let's go ahead though and move on into uh, what we see out of the Sooners this weekend. Uh, you know, strange situation obviously with uh, Tulane uh, being, you know, uprooted, moving to Birmingham. They're going to be based out of Birmingham, it sounds like, for, you know, maybe four to six weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, what was supposed to be a road trip to uh, the Big Easy for OU fans is now turned into a home opener. Um, Still, you know, early kickoff there uh, in Norman, but uh, it's going to be kind of a, you know, situation where you, you kind of wonder what the mood will be like. I know they're only opening the lower part of the stadium because they didn't have enough time to, uh, you know, outfit uh, everything with uh, workers. So, you know, you'll, you'll have kind of a subdued atmosphere, I expect. And I don't think that, uh, you know, I'd, I'd hope at least that OU fans are going to be somewhat hospitable given uh, what the green wave is going through right now. Uh, I don't know. Any kind of like just thoughts on stuff you want to see or on the matchup? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, in terms of stuff I want to see, I mean, it, I guess it's similar to every, you know, most seasons that there's there's just a lot of people either we haven't seen a lot from that we're, we've heard a lot about, right? Um you know, that kind of thing. Um, I don't feel like there's as many just sort of, uh, man, this position group uh, in particular, I really want to see. I mean, I guess, you know, if I have questions that I think are probably most key to OU this year, it's probably that that O-line because I think that group is good. I, I don't know if they're elite, and, and that may be the one thing that kind of holds them back from being elite, um, but we'll see, right? Um you know, so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. You know, some of the young guys that that we've been hearing about, either freshmen coming in or guys that didn't play last year. Um, but you know, it'll be fun to see that that defensive front uh, go again. And you know, a lot of those young secondary guys, how those battles shape up. I mean, there's a lot of interesting things to see this year. Right. You know, obviously, I think that people have the most concern about, I think, the running game just because at this point, you know, you're, you've lost, I, I, I think I counted up, it was six uh, scholarship running backs <laughs> since the end of last season. Uh, you know, OU has two really good ones in Eric Gray and uh, Kennedy Brooks, but you wonder how much uh, action they're really going to get in games like this where – Oh, you might not necessarily need to, uh, you know, rely on the run game all that much. Uh, maybe we'll get a look at a guy like Jaden Knowles, who's running third team now, walk on. Um, you know, also, I think that uh, one thing to keep in mind is that also now, I mean, Theo Weiss, it sounds like, is going to miss some time with a uh, with a leg injury. Um, you know, I kind of feel like, especially given that he's missed a lot of the offseason also, that um, you know, this will be kind of one of those deals where anything you can get out of him this year sounds to me like it's going to be a bonus. So 
one thing you might look for is oh, you really trying to get into that second unit of receivers um, in the game, get them some work. I don't know if they'll necessarily get a lot of snaps with Spencer Rattler, uh, but I do think that uh, you know you'll see more. I think out of the passing game uh, in this game than uh, you normally would expect. But I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at a pick here. I can envision a scenario where I would take the points with Tulane now. Um, you know, if, if you're if you're playing this one, I would be I would certainly be laying the uh, 31. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the number seems about right. It, it's probably would be a no play. <clears throat> excuse me for me. You know, interesting along the, the same lines. Thinking about you know these, the team coming out of Louisiana. One of the games I I really liked. You know, but for what happened last weekend is um, Louisiana Lafayette at Texas. Um, but, yeah, I stayed away from that one for, for those reasons. But, um, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation for Tulane. And, um, you know, um, again, you know, I don't think it would have been very competitive otherwise, but that certainly does not help them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I think that, that that's uh, kind of what we're looking at here. But uh, skinny, man. Uh, fun times, man. So how'd your summer go? Oh, man, it was good. It's busy. Uh, you know, flew by and, uh, you know, got to, got to do a little bit of traveling and uh, that kind of thing that we missed out on some last year. So it was good. Just, uh, you know, always a little sad to see it go, but excited to have a little football around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Labor Day weekend for football is always great, though, man. So, what, you know, five days, five straight days. Yeah, and, and I like that, you know, that, yeah, they spread the games out. So, you got some, what, you got Ohio State playing on Thursday. You've got Notre Dame, Florida State on, uh, was that Sunday? So, mm-hmm. yeah, now that's another interesting one. You know, during the offseason, I was able to get that, that game. I think I got it at Florida State plus nine. You know, now it's down to seven and a half. So, there's been, there have been a few games like that that are interesting that have kind of moved around. Um, Florida State, man, they they honestly could. I think they could pull an upset. It sounds like they're going to have like just a ton of recruits in and everything. So, I imagine that atmosphere is going to be pretty, uh, pretty amped up. Yeah, that one should be fun. Yep, yep. All right, Skinny. Well, uh, thanks so much, man, and uh, looking forward to another year. All right, sounds good. All right, that was my brother, the Skinny. Uh, he's going to be joining us every week with his picks against the spread. Uh, remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe, wherever it is that you get your podcast. Give us one of those five-star reviews so that uh, everybody knows how awesome this content really is. Uh, but thanks again uh, to you all for joining us. For the Blatant Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kinney. Take it easy.